You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, is the harmonious Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? <laughs> Good, uh, other than I'm trying to figure out how I'm harmonious. You're constantly singing in harmony. Oh, I was thinking I'm not a very harmonious person because I'm usually talking out of turn. <laughs> That's okay. I was commenting on your beautiful singing. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> if you think it's beautiful. Of course I do. If it was beautiful, my kids wouldn't tell me to shut up when I start all the time. Your kids are going to tell you to shut up no matter what. No, if I was good, they'd be like, Mom's singing. Let's sing with her. <laughs> but no, I don't even sing the right music. Well, that's because our kids listen to nowadays popular music. And we don't. <laughs> and the only way I can ever sing with them is if I learn it. Yep. I've tried and they've told me to shut up. What are you doing? Stop singing. I'm singing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like our kids but I was trying to sing with you because he won't sing with my stuff. <laughs> All right. What have you got for us this evening? Or morning, depending on when you're listening to this. This is true. <laughs> this is true. We're recording in the evening as we they now have figured out. We have to wait until the kids are in bed. Otherwise, you know, they'd be in here going, Mom, I'm hungry. What are you doing? What are you doing? Am I on the podcast? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Get out there. Like Ian, when I was in the bathroom the other day, mm -hmm. mom, how much longer are you going to be? Buddy, I'm going to the bathroom. Okay, look under the door. I made this for you. <laughs> this couldn't have waited two minutes. No, it's got to be now. Got to be now. No, it was really cute though. It was like an emoji. He made me an emoji. I should post a picture of that because mm -hmm. it's for... His age, I think the emoji was amazing because it was a kiss emoji. Cool. It's on our fridge. It is awesome. It is awesome. And it is definitely too good to be in that um, museum of bad art from uh, a few weeks back. Actually, it would probably fit right into that museum. <laughs> okay. But well, I was trying for my, to give him props. my third grader, it's amazing. Of course, it's amazing. Especially since he gave his mommy a kissy face emoji. This is true. All right. What do you got for us? Okay. So... The Hidden History of Nursery Rhymes. Nursery Rhymes. I know we've talked about Ring Around the Rosie before. Yes, we have. So I might as well start with that. There's, because um, we've kind of talked about it, nursery rhymes usually have a deeper, darker mm -hmm. meaning to them, and yeah. they are not really all fun and games like we think when we're growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, So like Ring Around the Rosie, it's... Bring Around the Rosie is said to have referenced the Great Plague of 1665. The plague caused a high fever and a rash in the form of a ring, hence the name. The Ring Around the Rosie, putting herbs and spices in the pocket of the ailing person in an attempt to freshen up the stale air with a common practice, or was the common practice, thus a pocket full of posy. Um, ashes to Ashes is actually an American um, variation of the English version, hmm. which was a tissue, a tissue, or someone sneezing. Plague huh. sufferers that yeah. had a 
a fit of a sneeze or they like had a sneezing attack right before they passed away. Um, so that was also when they all fell down. Can you imagine living in a time when somebody would get sick and they'd smell because they were sick, so you just put some air freshener in their pocket? <laughs> that's what it sounded like. Well, that's not what it... I, I understand that's not what it is. I think it was to try but... to freshen up the air, so yeah. it's like opening it just a window funny. to kind of bring in funny. that fresh yeah, air. Yeah, bring in the fresh air and hope so, that makes them feel better. Yeah. So I think that was more or less that. So that was Ring Around the Rosie. You got... Are there other There's a, cool ones? Well, all of them. Um, I'm just bringing five of them to the table. Okay. Um, Mary, Mary, quite contrary. So Mary is referencing Mary, the first daughter of Henry the Eighth. Okay. The Catholic queen received quite a bad reputation during her short reign for executing Protestant loyal or loyalists. Mm-hmm. Um, the garden in the rhyme is referencing the growth of a graveyard. Silver bells and cockle shells are believed to be um, euphoric for instruments of torture. And then the maids is slang for beheading instrument called the maiden. Okay. So this was before the guillotine. Mm-hmm. Um, this so, one, I, I could not tell you what the original whole saying is because my mind went straight to Andrew Dice Clay's dirty version of Mary, 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 quite Mary, quite contrary. <laughs> how does your garden grow? Okay. With silver bells and cockle shells. Okay. And... I won't repeat what was in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I know what was in your head. I've heard the dirty nursery rhymes. So, (laughs) Um, three blind mice. The first, and this kind of follows with the Mary Mary quite contrary. Okay, three blind mice, really? So, the first written version of three blind mice dates back to 1609. The three blind mice were three Protestant loyalists who were accused of plotting against Queen Mary I. The farmer's wife refers to the queen who was and who was with her husband, King Philip of Spain, um, owned large estates. The three men were burned at the stake. Hmm. That's kind of so demented. I'm assuming the three blind mice see how they run because yeah. they were trying to catch them. So, huh. so, and then another one, or maybe I only had four. Oh, no, I had five. London Bridge <laughs> um, has a rich history and it can be traced back to 1659. This actually didn't have anything in it. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> this one's directing people to go to the book, the Oxford Dictionary of Nursery Rhymes, okay. which kind of breaks down everything, and the annotated Mother Goose. Hmm. So the, both those books kind of explain more. Yeah. Um. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Mm-hmm. So um, some people believed it had to do with Antoinette. Marie Antoinette, yep. Yep. Um, she, huh, I missed her first name. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> because she had a baby with her mistress. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... This came into play prior to that relationship, okay. so it had nothing to do with that. Um, the small village of Kilmerston in South or in North Somerset claims to be the home of Jack and Jill Rhyme. Local legend recalls how, in the late 15th century, a young unmarried couple regularly climbed a nearby hill in order to conduct their their private affair hmm. um, away from 
prying eyes of the village. Obviously, a very close um, person, Jill, fell pregnant. Hmm. But just before the baby was born, Jack was killed by a rock that had fallen from their special hill. I was doing air Mm -hmm. quotes there. Special hill um, inscribed stones that led along the path. Oh, I skipped the whole thing. Special hill. A few days later, Jill died um, while she was giving birth to their love child. Oh, my gosh. And their tragic tragic tale unfolds today on the series of inscribed stones that lead along the path of the special hill. Wow. So. That just kind of blows my mind and gives you a whole new meaning to the I mean, Jack and Jill. I wouldn't mind getting the book and we could just do a whole episode yeah, on this stuff. Definitely be interesting. We'll to, I think we'll these things it. are always, I've always known about um, Ring Around the Rosie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But after we were talking about it at work, and I was like, ooh, ooh, I should research some of these other ones and bring this right to the podcast. So, mm-hmm. wow. So, hmm. those That's are cool. the nursery rhymes. That is cool. All right. My first story of the night. This is one that it's another one I'm not going to do it justice because I could probably go on for an hour and not cover everything about the story. And there are a lot of conflicting um stories in this story so Hmm. nobody knows the 100% truth especially anymore Um, this is a a story from history from American history from 1870 it all starts oh my god you weren't talking about like anyways go on because there was one I found and I'm like did you find a stone by chance an inscribed stone no (laughs) definitely not okay Okay, then it wasn't what I was actually looking at. And I'm like, mm, there's too much speculation and it's still a mystery, so mm-hmm. I didn't bring it to the table. This one, nobody's ever going to figure it out because it's just it's lost to history. Um, well, but, that was what this was too, so I was... Yeah. I was Following uh, the American Civil War, uh, the government um, moved a bunch of... moved uh, an Indian tribe out of Kansas into Oklahoma. And then gave away the land to people who wanted to settle there, to Americans who wanted to settle in this land. Okay. Um, in Labette County, Kansas. Labette. 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 I don't know. There's it's no Labette. A. Labette's in Canada. I had yeah. to say it. Labette. I'm so good at throwing you off. Anyway, <laughs> in October of 1970, five families of spiritualists settled in the area. Oh. Um, these people wildly believe or. Wild, not wild. I can't think of the word I'm looking for. They, they believed that they could speak to the dead, and once you were dead, it wasn't over, and they could have a seance and you know stuff like that. Not a big portion of the story, but that's how these five families get to this area. Uh, one of the families um, was made up of four people, supposedly. Um, <laughs> it was the Bender family. <laughs> Bendy. Uh, consisted of John Bender. Why does that name sound familiar? His wife, Elvira Bender. Elvira. His son, John Jr. And daughter, Kate. Now, the Benders were a not a very sociably liked family. They had this... a farm just outside of this small little village. And most of the people in the village thought they were kind of weird and not very social. This is in Kansas? This is in Kansas. Okay, keep going. This sounds really familiar. Hmm. 
maybe you've heard it somewhere else. I don't know. Well, I don't know it, though, but it's like I feel like I know it. Anyway, um, John and John Jr. were not nice people, necessarily. John's wife didn't speak English, so you know people just didn't think she was nice because she didn't speak English. And John's daughter, Kate, was absolutely beautiful and a people person, and everybody loved her. They, I feel like that's me and my family. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not saying my family's mean. They yeah. just are quiet. Well, well that's quiet. a lie. My mom's not quiet. Your mom's not quiet. <laughs> anyway. Neither is my brother. Okay, I lie. Take it all back. <laughs> I take it all back. Anyway, the uh, the Bender family, uh, they had a farm, but what they did was they took a, a farmhouse, and the front of the farmhouse, they turned it into like a little grocery store. In the back of the farmhouse was an inn for people to stay who were coming, passing through the area, traveling out west to go settle the western half of the United States. And suddenly, in 1871, people started going missing. Mm. Were they selling pork on the roadside? No, they weren't selling Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre type thing going on there. And... Over the course of a couple of years, um, at least 15 different people went missing. No locals, all people traveling through, passing through. They turn up missing and then their family comes looking for them or they find out, you know, some authorities come looking for them and the whole town is being blamed. Everybody is a suspect. So they get together and they have this meeting and the town, they all decide as a town and as a community that they're going to put together a committee and they're going to go door to door and search everybody's house. So that way, when they don't find anything that they can, you know, then tell the public and the rest of the world, Hey, we didn't do this. This isn't us. Look somewhere else. About two days after this meeting, um, before they went to search the Bender house, somebody had been going by on horseback and noticed there was nobody there. Huh? They left everything behind, their cattle, uh, their food, everything was left behind, but they were not there. So the search party or the the party that was searching through the houses went and looked and nothing really out of the ordinary when they saw the, you know, the, the inn portion or the, the grocery store portion of the, of the farmhouse. They got to the inn portion and there was a dining room and at the head of the dining room table, there was a trap door on the floor. Wouldn't that be like a cellar? No? They pried it open. It was a cellar. And on the floor of the cellar was dried blood everywhere. Oh. Okay. No bodies, no nothing like that, but dried blood everywhere. They tore the house up. They literally moved the house. They took sledgehammers to the foundation. They destroyed it looking for body. They didn't find anything. Then a couple of days later in their garden... Somebody stumbles across the first body. Not sure how many bodies they found in there. At least 15, maybe more. Oh my God. Bodies buried in in this garden. Now, as soon as they find the bodies, there's a manhunt. Um, They are never caught. They chased them. Some some reports say they went to Texas. Some reports say they went to Michigan. Um, No concrete evidence of whatever happened to the Bender family. Um, there's even um, possibilities that they weren't even family, that this was four people who met 
in a kind of religious cult and got together and started killing people. Huh. No, nobody could prove anything. What they did find through interviewing people who stayed with the benders, who kind of left because they were creeped out or they were able to kind of piece together how they did it. They would invite somebody to spend the night, you know, get a night, good night's rest before you travel the next day. They would tell them, you know, you ha- you're our guest. You have to sit at the head of our dinner table. And they would drop. Their daughter would, st- would sit on the other side of the table and talk to them very nicely, distract them. And while father and brother would hit them over the head with a sledgehammer. And then they would drop the body through the floor into the cellar, mutilate it. Well, this, these people got their kicks off of hitting bodies with sledgehammers. And then they drag it out and bury it in the backyard. Maybe it wasn't mutilated because if it was a cult, you think they would be doing some religious. It's po- that's possible too. Obviously, I don't. I don't know exactly. And there are probably thirty different books that have been written about this family. There are articles up the wazoo, and a million different people speculating on what actually happened here. But it is kind of known as America's first uh, family of serial killers. Crazy. Yeah, the Bloody Benders. They're called. Kind of fits. Yeah, kind of. That's crazy. So, yeah. If, uh, Interesting, but da- that's why I'll never stay at a BNB, any <laughs> a hotel, and if it looks even a little eerie and the people give me the wrong vibe, I'm probably not sleeping very well that night. I yeah. remember when we were in Arizona and we propped up the furniture up against the door because yep, I just didn't the, trust it because the door didn't lock. I no. I was like, nope. I mean, I'm it was not. very, very nice. And they hotel were like, room, we upgraded you, and I'm yeah, like, get in there. And I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling comfortable, and I wasn't feeling comfortable. <laughs> it is the only time Huge. I've ever stayed in a hotel room that had like two bathrooms, two bedrooms, a full size kitchen, a full living room. It was like it was a presidential nice. suite, and that's what changed me from it was standard hotel rooms to suites. But but I it, was just the, I was the door too, didn't lock, which is why nobody was in there, and they sold our room earlier in the night. I was so. happy it was on the second floor for one. Yeah, and for two, it was like, nope, we're pushing furniture up against that front yep. door because I, nope, mm-mm, no, yeah. I'm not very trusting. I've watched too well, many especially movies. on a night when we woke up that that day in another hotel room and thought we left all our money at home. It was an oh, interesting yeah. trip. Yeah, <laughs> van door wide open. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so my next story is, well, Homer Simpson is apparently the one that came across this. He was known to lick toads back in the day. So tripping over psycho- psychoactive toads. Okay. I've heard of um, those. But there was a research study that was done um, back in 2000, well, this was written in 2019. Okay. I don't know if the study was done at that point, but within the year or two, it was done. Yeah. Um, just one puff of psychedelic toad slime could have sustained benefits for well-being. So, that doesn't surprise me. And they're always trying to find stuff to help cure mm-hmm. things. So, um, I, uh, Sorry. Keep what going. were you going to say? I was just going to say I've... I've read and heard a lot on some other podcasts and stuff of um, the benefits of different psychoact psychedelic drugs, how they can help in uh, especially in treatment for um, mental disorders. And that's like pretty that. much what this is. Anxiety, um, depression, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'll kind of hit that up a little bit. But those were the two. There were three of them I read on. I can't remember the third one off the top of my head. Um, But as urban legend has it, um, licking the toad could get you high. Mm -hmm. So Homer Simpson was one of those. You go back to the 70s with the hippies. They were doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, This which could then be licked off. The toads were known as psychoactive toads and the hippies they produced or the hippies, they actually had a farm for this too. <laughs> and this is because the toads, they produced a chemical which causes a hallucination when ingested. And it's not recommended to go around licking yeah, toads, of course, because they're, if you don't have the right type of toad, get. you could pick up a poisonous toad yep. and it doesn't have a hallucinogenic... Is, is it true? Like when I was a kid, my mom always used to tell me not to touch toads because it'll give me warts. That's not true. Okay. No. I wasn't sure. No. Um, toads, certain toads can be poisonous though. Yeah. There's only two types of toads and it's in southwestern United States and northwestern Mexico area okay. Yeah. in this area. I mean, they're all over the world, different types, mm-hmm. but for our region, it's, we wouldn't hear. Yeah, we, would, yeah, we wouldn't so, hear. Um, but it, if you were to ingest the slime itself, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that effect. Mm. It actually has to be dried out and then smoked. So, so licking the toad doesn't really do any good. No. And licking the toad, you could definitely get other toxins off the toad. And there was a whole bunch of lists of things. So it's not safe mm-hmm. to go yeah. around. Don't, licking don't toads. go licking toads, people. Homer Please Simpson don't go licking toads. not from the United States in this region. And he was licking other types of toads. Okay. I don't know those. These are the Colorado river toads that I read on. And, um, they did a study on them, but well, they did a study on them. And it was published in September of 2019. So just published. Huh. This article is from August. So, <laughs> so it that's was kind published of funny. before the article. Uh, that's the, well, they wrote this before the article was they, released. Maybe they were licking toads. <laughs> <laughs> so published in September 2019, issue of the Journal of Psycho, Psychopharmacy. Psychology. Okay. I wanted it to say pharmaceutical. Now I can't even say it because I've got all these other letters in my head. <laughs> As we know, I'm not a good speaker or reader. I don't know how I have the job I have. Anyways, a new study has found that just one, like inhaling just one vapor um, from the dried toad secretion is associated with the substance. Um, satisfaction with the life and a decrease in levels of anxiety, stress, and depression. Hmm. Interesting. It was stress. So apparently it relaxes you. Yeah, sounds like so it. the toad is known as Colorado River Toad or the Sonoran Desert Toad. Hmm. And um as the name should suggest, it can be found, I mentioned this, in the northern Mexico and southwestern mm-hmm. U.S. Um, and this is its defense against the predators, is the secretion of toxin oh, substance from a number of glands across its leathery body. Yeah, like make your predator not care about you anymore. Well, <laughs> even like, if a dog was to pick it up and carry it in its mouth, you yeah. know how dogs do that? They're 
is a pet poison control number, or you can go on a website. I mm-hmm. actually found that. And it says if your dog's suffering of this, this, or this, it could be because if they were carrying this frog around. Because cool. most animals die from this. Oh, and imagine. one child um, has been reported to have seizured because of picking Oof, up that's not good. the frog. And I'm sure whatever was on their hand, they probably, you know how little kids are, oh, lick yeah. their fingers yeah. after, and they hadn't washed it. So Everything this stuff gets in, in their mouth and it was enough to cause seizures. So the oh. stuff is toxic. It's Definitely not toxic. when, it, yeah, if it, it's toxic. Mm-hmm. So, um, the findings showed that most participants experienced significant declines in feelings of depression, anxiety, and stress following the trip because they did get a little side effect. It wasn't like a huge psychedelic trip though. Mm-hmm. Um, one month on, the effects appeared to have become even more profound. So this like really yeah. helped. And it wasn't a continuous like a thing. Effect. It was yeah, long yeah. lasting. It wasn't a continuous daily treatment or mm-hmm. anything like that. That's I've I've heard very similar things about MDNA. Um it's a substance that... Well, they talked about that in here too. Okay. Um But they said it's kind of a skewed um, research because they started with 75 persist- participants, but only 42 came back for the follow-up. Okay. So they said the 42 all had good experiences. They don't know about, don't the, know rest. about the rest. They're the rest could be the dead. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> no, they would know that, but they're assuming the rest didn't come back because they had some sort of a bad experience yeah. with it. Yeah. So they're not quite sure. Mm-hmm. And it, More studies need to be done. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. So That is really cool. Especially one treatment. I mean, you could get your treatment in a clinical setting mm-hmm. if and work out whatever needs to be worked out there. Yep. And then just next day, boop. Yep. Good for a while. That, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's amazing what, uh, what psychedelic drugs can do. Not that we should be taking them, but no, um, no, I'm not be, encouraging that at all. I was a little worried but, about even talking but about. But for them this to be, but I, I do encourage for them to be studied and you know, so try to find ways for them to help people with. Them. I'm saying, do not go lick frogs. Do not go smoke secretion from frogs because you don't know what really could happen. Right. And if you take too much, it could have a lot of damaging effects yes. from what I was seeing as it was. So yes, this is not encouraging. I just thought it was kind of cool on a psychological level. Yep. Awesome so, story. Awesome. I like studies. I'm weird <laughs> like that. Well, my next story is, involves a drug. Weird. Caffeine. <gasps> I love caffeine. The story really has nothing to do with caffeine, but caffeine I was trying to tie it in. Caffeine can kill you too. Of course it can. Of course it can. If, if you took it in its pure form and way too much of it. My story is actually about Starbucks. What? At yeah. least I'm not the biggest Starbucks fan. I'm caribou coffee girl. I've People are really going to figure out where we're from if they haven't already. one cup of coffee from Starbucks in my life. So I'm not very knowledgeable on Starbucks. You've had more caribou because I'm like, yeah. do they have a caribou? I but need a main condition. The one thing With an I, extra shot of espresso. <laughs> Sorry. The one thing I do know about Starbucks is every time I've ever went there to order for you, um, one thing they always do is ask for my name and put it on the cup. Yes. There is one Starbucks in the whole country that does not do that. Okay. 
Do they number you? No. They, uh, there's one Starbucks in the country that's not allowed to um, write anything or refer to you in any your order in any way, shape, or form except for by the look on your face. They draw pictures on the cup? This Starbucks is located at CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia. CIA headquarters? Nine baristas work at this Starbucks. They have to go through rigorous background checks before being able to get the job at Starbucks inside CIA headquarters. Do they get paid mega money? I'm sure they make I would be good. A good I salary could do that. Inside the Starbucks. The store is known as store number one, and it's the only <gasps> store out of the twenty thousand that will never ask for your name with your drink order. Um because they can't know their name. They're not allowed to pair each order with a name. Uh they have to associate it with a Reasons. face instead. And uh but before you take off and Try to go have a cup of coffee at this Starbucks. If you don't have a legal reason to be there and have security clearance, you're not allowed in. Can we move there so I can try to get a job there? It would be a really cool place to work. To, I would like, be good at it. At Starbucks. I'd be like, do, 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 and they'd all think I was nuts. And I'm like, angry guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> I just Man thought- who looks like he has to take a shit. Have you been constipated <laughs> for two weeks? Your drink is ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have way too much fun. You would have way too much fun at this Starbucks. Lady, who looks like she's been awake for three days and is super hyperactive but could crash in a split second. Your drink is ready. <laughs> There's five shots of espresso just as you asked for. I imagine it's probably not that hard because you probably don't see a lot of new people. <laughs> you know, you get to know the people pretty well. I'm sure it's the same people over and over and over again ordering coffee. I just was surprised that there's a Starbucks I inside of CIA headquarters. I thought that was really cool. I want to create a coffee joint now where it's like that. Oh, my God. We don't, you there don't use people, names. You just describe the people. I know. Resting bitch face would be yeah. so pissed after that. Like, why do people <laughs> continue to say I look like a bitch? Raise your eyebrows and smile. Why don't you? <laughs> I had to learn to do it because in college, people told me I had natural resting bitch face. I learned eyebrows. Yep. I did have it. I I, I believe you. You agree? I was going to say it's agree, but I sometimes I do you. have it here because I'm just like, whatever, it's morning. <laughs> Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> Funny. What do you got for us next? This one's really fun. Cool. Am I the last one to go? No, I've got one more yet. Ugh. Mine would have been a good ending. So, mystery pilot. Oh, I just want to say this is from Florida. I was looking for Florida things. Yay. It's not you know a crime, I read something though. Before you go, I read something today talking about if Florida went underwater we'd and, we have totally lost, to talk about and we totally here. lost Florida, like all the weird stories from Florida would be just like urban legends and myths and nobody would believe they really happened. No, we have proof <laughs> from the internet. This is true. So um, it's not a crime, but it's from Florida. Okay. Mystery pl- pilot used a private plane to draw a penis over florida awesome i know and i had to throw this in here the article starts off with the first line we tried really hard to cram a a cockpit joke in the headline (laughs) i thought that was great do you know when this was from i think i remember seeing a story about this a while ago it was also on reddit i think or was it twitter is is, is this recent this recently Um, happened um 
Nope, 2015. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I heard about something like this a while ago. It was back, updated but. in 2017, it looks like, too. Okay. So the website and app, Flight Trader 24, lets you view air traffic mm-hmm. in real time. So I'm assuming whoever the pilot was was watching themselves fly around yep. to make sure they got this right. Uh, recently thought someone took artistic license with the flight radar for the private craft flying over Central Florida. So, as you can see, oh yeah, and it was like it wasn't just one. They got one really good one, but before they landed, it looks like like they they did one. Yep, one with one ball. Yep. So, (laughs) (laughs) hey, to the men with one ball. That so reminds me. Quick aside, uh, (laughs) I was doing some leadership training a few years ago at work, and we're using this software where you know we're not in the same room we're all on a call together and sharing screens and you could draw on the screen (laughs) i'm in leadership training with a bunch of people who want to be leaders in this company and somebody drew somebody drew a big penis in the middle of the screen it's like wow good thing they didn't catch me isn't that lovely (laughs) (laughs) whatever it wasn't you kidding you would have told me i I remember that story though it wasn't me Okay, so it looks like the drawing object of Flight Trader 24 is a new hobby for this person. So um, it's not clear if the artist was making a statement about Florida's. These are like Twitter. Mm -hmm. These are tweets. So it's not clear if the artist was making a statement about Florida's stance on climate change, doing a little freehand drawing exercise, or if the flight path actually was penis-shaped, which would be amazing. But at someone from Florida who has spent first time in the hellscape of Lakeland, I salute this American hero. That so is cool. I thought that was kind of funny. Talk and about then, wanting to make sure your job stays interesting. At work. <laughs> and then the editor's note, um, the plane is apparently registered to Orlando-based B&M Aviation LLC. So <laughs> BM, I don't know... Or BNM, SNM, BM. Anyways, anyways, um, we could only hope that's an elaborate poop joke. So BM. That's hilarious. I, I, yeah. That was good. I thought that was hilarious. I saw it and I'm like, "Mm, do I really want to do this with a psychedelic toad? (laughs) Psychedelic toads, drawing penises in the air. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I thought it was good though. I saw that, and I'm like, yeah, we can't not talk about it. It's not a criminal thing. Of but, course. We um, it's happened in Florida. We got to talk about it. Somebody <laughs> flying their plane on purpose in a penis shape? Uh, yep. For one, we know it was a male. Yes, I guarantee you it was a male. <laughs> we know it was a male. Yes, for Women sure. do not go around drawing penises everywhere. No. Only if, men do that. And if they were boobs they drew, it was also a male. It was also a male. <laughs> And same with the vagina. Women yes. don't go around drawing body parts of themselves or the male. I'm no. sorry. It just doesn't happen. I agree. It doesn't I agree. happen. I agree. All right. My final story of the day. You know how... Woo-hoo! Uh, some, sorry. <laughs> you know how like cities <laughs> and towns have different traditions that kind of bring the community together a little bit? Like, I mean, not that it does it really well here, but we have like a a lot of small towns in our area have like a citywide rummage sale and like everybody's out in the streets kind of shopping and or you stuff have like, that. like like parades yeah, in your town. stuff like that like Willow well, river days 
we were talking about on one episode that in, uh, isn't in, a 4th of July thing. In uh, Helsinki, in Finland, they have something that happens four times a year that I think is really cool. Continue. On the third Saturday of February, May, August, and November, anyone, anywhere, any age can open a restaurant and serve people. I know where I read that. I came down to print off a story and you had it pulled right up. I did. I, did. <laughs> I was like, why does this sound familiar? It's because I just read it. <laughs> one, of the, one of the people I read about who did it, it was like a 13-year-old girl who'd bake cookies with her mom and they just opened up their like kitchen in so their home. So you don't need a permit. You don't need a permit. You don't need nothing. And like the whole city like celebrates it. So you go outside and you kind of walk from block to block and street to street and experience these different restaurants. You can do a restaurant or a bar. And so you experience what other people are going to cook for you and do for you. And they can charge you whatever they want. And there's, you know, no permits to get, no health safety issues to worry about. I'm sure some people get sick, whatever. (laughs) But I just thought it was a really cool idea to kind of bring the community together and experience kind of what your neighbors do. We would never be able to do that here. No, it wouldn't work here, no. Like, especially baking, because you have to have, like, OSHA. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't work Permits, like... It it would definitely not fly here. But it's really cool that it does work in Helsinki, the capital of Finland. So it's not, we're not talking about a small town here. No. It's a very large city. Um, And yeah, they have this called, it's called World Restaurant Day. There's been a few other cities around the world who are trying it as well, um, kind of following uh, Helsinki. It would be amazing if we could do something like that here. But you know darn well with regulations, as many regulations as we have in this country, it would never happen. No, it wouldn't happen. There's a, I read a lot of stories of people who they use those days to raise money for charities. So they, you know, bake or cook or make something and all the proceeds go to a charity. Some people do it to try to kickstart their restaurant. You know, they have a restaurant idea, some dish they want to serve to everybody and the perfect opportunity to get the community to come try it. Yeah. I just thought that was really cool. That, that this, is really cool. This World Restaurant Day. I thought that was kind of neat. I want a World Restaurant Day. Yeah, me too. I like to eat at restaurants. I don't really want to cook in restaurants. I did that for a long time. I didn't do it as, as long as you did, but I did cook long enough. Long enough to know, A, it takes a lot to impress me at a restaurant. Yes. And B, I probably can cook it better myself. Probably. <laughs> I'm horrible. I do really enjoy not cooking it and having yes. somebody do it for when me. When you go to a restaurant, <laughs> as everyone should know, you're not paying for the food. You are paying for convenience. You are paying for the convenience of and having the, a well, meal. And the service. And the service. So you should get crappy and... service. But you are paying for convenience, yes, not exactly. for the flavor of food. You should be able to go home, make it taste better and cheaper. Yes. You're supposed to. That's, That's just the way the world That's what a restaurant is there for. It's convenience yes i don't have time swing through mcdonald's (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i'm not a mcdonald's fan i'm not fast food type Mm -hmm. i'm not huge on it but i don't mind you like the fries i really do like mcdonald's fries i think they're amazing anyway if you uh would like to if you have a comment on anything we've said tonight or have a story you'd like to suggest us to take a look at send us an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com 
Or you can message us on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcast, or you can even make a comment on any of our stories yes. that we post on there, or just come like us. Come like us. I like it. people liking me. We also throw <laughs> some stuff up on Twitter and Instagram, so check those out as well. I think that's it for the night. Uh, have a good week, everybody. Bye. Thank you.